Shalom and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. Friends, this week's Torah portion, three chapters in the book of Numbers, chapters 13 through 15, it's called Shlachacha, is among other things, a study in leadership and the way we look at the world, our lives, and our lifetime in this world. Teddy will give his own take on the verses he's reading tomorrow. This chapter in the story of our people is about 12 spies who scout out the land of Israel. You recall, maybe you'll recall, that only two of them had the faith and the courage to say that our people would somehow enter the land of Canaan. Indeed, the entire Jewish people had to spend the next 40 years, you know the joke about wandering for 40 years, 40 years in the wilderness because of the faithlessness of the other 10. So who were the two? Caleb and Joshua. They saw the same land that the other 10 had seen, only they announced that despite the challenge our people could make it there. Sometimes that kind of vision and positive self-perception is all that is needed to accomplish more than we ever thought we could. Marcel Proust, you may know if you study literature and read this great author of Remembrance of Things Past, He said one sentence in that great novel that I love quoting. He writes, relevant to our message tonight, the real voyage of discovery in life consists not in seeking out new landscapes, but in having new eyes. Proust is saying that if you travel all around the world, as many people do on vacation, (laughs) but if you travel all around the world with the same old, tired eyes, you will discover nothing new. But if you get new eyes, if you learn to see things in a fresh and different way, then you can discover wonders and miracles without ever leaving your seat. In other words, it's not just what you see. Two people can see things, the same situation, completely differently. So it's not what you see, it's how you see it. About Israel, the land of Israel, the first chief rabbi of Israel, Rav Cook, noted 
that when our prayer book reads based on Psalms, I don't want to lose you with the Hebrew, it's Yevarechecha Adonai Mitzion Urei Vitu Yerushalayim. May God bless you from Zion and may you see the good in Jerusalem. So the question is, why doesn't it just say, may God bless you in Zion? I mean, it's obvious. Israel, Jerusalem, you're going to see good. No, Rav Cook is saying, you have to look for the good, especially in a place like Jerusalem with all the division. It means that if we see the world from the point of view of Marcel Proust, the world is full of miracles without ever leaving home. If only we have eyes with which to see and ears with which to hear and a mind and a heart which are open. Sometimes it even takes outsiders to show us what we don't even see ourselves or about ourselves as Jews. Often in the Hebrew Bible, and this is not noted enough, it's the outsider who's more incisive and righteous than the insider. Take Zechariah's vision of the Messianic age. It includes Gentiles coming in as they are, no conversion necessary, and righteous Gentiles like this week's prophetic reading Again, Teddy will be chanting some verses from it. <laughs> but not the part about a Canaanite prostitute named Rahab. I'm not making this up. She's the hero in the story. If you read Joshua chapter 2, both this week's Torah portion and this week's prophetic reading talk about spies sent out to explore the land that our ancestors were destined to occupy in some form. Now you know, in the Torah reading, Joshua, one of the 12 spies. In the Haftorah, or prophetic reading, Joshua, the successor of Moses, following his mentor's example, but there's a new mission. Seems impossible. Turns out to be quite different. In the Torah reading, God commands Moses to send spies to scout out the land of Israel. I told you about the 12 spies, one from each tribe. After 40 days, they returned to the camp with pomegranates, figs, and a cluster of grapes so large that it takes two people to carry it. That's the cover of Manashevitz bottle, if you've ever seen it. The land is flowing with milk and honey, they report. But the people who live in it are too big. We feel like grasshoppers compared to the people there. The people began to cry. They wail. They say, it would be better if we went back to Egypt. Two of the spies, Caleb and Joshua, speak positively. People rebel in anger at the negative report. God becomes so angry with them. He's ready to kill the people, say enough, until Moses begs God for forgiveness, says, 
if you kill them, you're gonna have to kill me. God forgives the people, but he does punish them. And that's why we wander in the desert for 40 years, one year for each day the spies were in the land. And of that generation, only Joshua and Caleb, the ones who saw the positive, they're the only ones who get to enter the land. How we respond to everything in life, whether the land of Israel or recovering from a terrible loss, depends a great deal on how we see it. 10 said, no way we can go on. The minority too, Joshua and Caleb urge the people to see things differently. But it doesn't only come from Joshua and Caleb. It really does come from a Canaanite prostitute living in Jericho named Rahab who saves the Jewish people. The male rabbis, they were all men in the Talmud. Yes, they were sexist and chauvinists. So bear with me. They claim that the four most beautiful women in the world were Sarah, Abigail, Esther, and this woman, Rahab, Rachav, who was in their eyes, they said, well, I'll leave it at that. At the Onik Shabbat, I will tell anyone, since it's not a purely adult crowd, how infatuated they were. But when the king of Jericho learns about the presence of the Jewish spies, he sends word to Rahab demanding that she surrender them if she has them. She takes them and she hides them and then she tells the king's men, quote, it's true. Some of these Israelites did come to me, but I didn't know where they were from. It was dark. The gate to the city was about to close. The men left. I don't know where they went. Quick, go after them, for you can overtake them. And like the heroes in the Moses story, remember the ones who saved baby Moses, Shifra and Pua, Shiros, two women, not Jewish, Rahab, is unafraid to disobey the king. She takes the spies to the roof. She hides them under stalks of flax. And listen to this, my friends. Before they can go to sleep, the men go to sleep, she climbs back up to the roof and listen to what she says. And you can check me on this in the Bible in Joshua chapter two, verse nine. She says, I know that God meant for this land to be yours. We've all heard about you, how you left Egypt from slavery and how the waters of the Sea of Reeds dried up. Adonai, the God of whom you speak, pay attention, is the only God in heaven above and on earth below. All I ask, she says, this poor woman had to sell her body. She said, all I ask is that my family be spared when you enter this land. So she and her family choose to live with the Israelites who accept her into our people's camp. 
This is not just a story, my friends. Generations later, the editors of the Jewish prayer book in your lap chose Rahab, the Canaanite prostitute's words of faith at the core of the concluding prayer of every Jewish service in any synagogue, Orthodox, Reform, Conservative. It's in our prayer book. I'm not gonna make you go there. Page 284, Ki Adonai Eloheichem, Hu HaElohim, Ba Shamayim, Mima'al, Ve'al Ha'aretz Mitachat. For the Lord your God is the only God in heaven above and on earth below. These words conclude every Jewish service with a hope for the coming of a more just and peaceful world. Yes, friends, it was not Moses or Abraham, it was this Canaanite woman who said publicly that the one God we affirm is the only God in heaven and earth. My friend, colleague, and teacher, Rabbi Jeffrey Salkin, he notes that Rahab, whose name means B-R-O-A-D, broad, broaden the story of the Jewish people for us. She made the story of the Jewish people bigger. It takes outsiders to do that. Her example teaches us not to judge where people are from. It's who they become, not what they look like. Or even when I told you what her title was, it's who a person's soul really is. So be careful to judge. In closing, in the first story of Moses and the 10 spies, 10 people don't see what two people see, the possibility of a future for our people in our spiritual homeland. In the second story, a complete outsider of the Jewish people, Rahab, sees what our own people had yet to see, the one God of history, time, space, and the special spiritual quality of the Jewish people, it took a Canaanite outsider to point out. May we find a way in closing, my friends, to see the good, to see things differently, even without ever leaving your seat. May we get new eyes and see things anew. And let us say, amen.